ever, ever two heels in a face. <laughs>
Yeah, I guess I could see if I'm in Itzel's position. Yeah. I guess I could run out of things to do. But I feel like someone, like a 30-year-old male like myself, I feel like there, there's so there, there's definitely enough stuff out there to still keep us entertained. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. There's, um, and, you know, touching that topic, like I've definitely seen a lot of people uh, doing different things. And one of the things that you also expressed on the last episode is like really at the end of the day, we, you know, expressing gratitude it's key. Yeah. Like no matter what position you are, like you are here, you know, there's, if you're in the, in, the, in our wrestling bubble, like we are, you know, itching to get back out there and, and, you know, talk to people and, and be around that atmosphere, obviously when it's safe, but, you know, just to be grateful to, you know, wake up and go about your day, whether you consider it to be a boring day, a stressful day or whatnot, you're, you're going about that day, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think to segue into the interview, I think, uh, Elena Black shows that gratefulness in this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I believe she's still able to work and uh, and yeah, the the interview is very lighthearted. It's very fun, just like the one with Laney Luck. You get to know a little bit about uh, basically, yeah, a little bit of, of stuff we've already learned from Elena Black. If you listen to the interview with her and Blair and Missa Kate, but also there's some new stuff as well, and like how kind of her gimmick was created and how important that is to her. It's a staple and it helps her stand out. So there's a lot of good stuff in this interview. And she, I think she shows a lot of gratefulness as well for, you know, the, the the fortune she's had so far, which is great to see. Absolutely, man. What what else do, What else has happened? Like wrestling. Oh, well, unfortunately, like the Fink passed yesterday. Yeah. You know, and when, when I think of the Fink and all the things that he's done, I remember... Um, what was that? Uh, the first show they had on the network uh, with all the legends. I I keep thinking in your house, but or Legends House. That's what it was. Oh yeah, did you ever watch? Yeah, because it? it was the first yeah. thing on the network. There wasn't really nothing else uh, to watch. Roddy Piper was on that also. R.I.P. Yeah, you know. So I remember him. Like his thing was like you know he he was bullied in school or whatnot and. Now he's like, now nah, I've been, you know, employee of the WWE since day one. Like he was employee number one. Oh wow, he was one of the OGs. Yeah, yeah, he was employee number one, and he's like, now nah, I have this badass job, so I can laugh at all the other people in their face and be like, hey, whatever happened when I was a kid and you made fun of me, like, I'm, I'm, you know, the Fink. Like, so I always yeah. remember that story, like especially when I saw the news yesterday. So it's it's sad of his passing, and I know a lot of uh, wrestlers express you know their love and 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 respects uh-huh. to him. So there's a there's this awesome Twitter account. I think it's Grapple Clips, mm-hmm. and they post just a bunch of old school stuff all the time. And they posted a bunch of old school Fink stuff, and there was a there's Fink's. I think like one of his first matches he was announcing. It was the main event. It was like Ken Patera versus Bruno San Martino, and it was the WWWF. Mm, the yeah. World yeah. Wide wrestling federation, federation mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was uh it was really cool he had a little bit more hair um and uh yeah he's been around for that long and he's been doing it doing the damn thing for that long so it's cool to see uh, a bunch of releases happened this week too uh which is it's sad but in a way i'm like look once this corona thing it's it's done and over with and, and we can look past it I think this this also means greater opportunities for those who who we felt like they deserved a better shot, you know, within yeah. the world wrestling entertainment. Yeah, there's there's a light there's like it's like almost there's like hope at the end of the tunnel, if you will, for these people. Because yeah, once we get back to a normal economy, hopefully, uh, knock on wood. Um, I mean, the revival versus Young Bucks feud is going to be awesome. That might get me back into watching AEW more consistently. Not, not that I don't watch because it's not good. That's not the reason. Like Zack Ryder, I think can for sure do whatever the heck he wants. That dude is like super talented. Like everyone can. So they're definitely employable people, mm-hmm. um, whether they want to wrestle or not. Um, it just sucks that the like no, there's like nowhere to wrestle right now. But um it kind of stinks too for like someone like diana parasso yeah i thought of her too get that get a chance to like make a run in nxt um but once again like diana parasso will fit right into the AEW women's division if that if that ever happens which it should which it's just going to take some time for them to start 
doing like live shows open up again. So there, there's still a lot of bright futures. Yeah, it sucks, but it's cool to think of these people in different, cut, you know, think of them in your head, cut that, cut them out and paste them in a different scenario. And it, they look really cool. Yeah. So. There, there's possible, like you said, there's, there's a light, you know, at the end of the tunnel, like there's, there's more possibilities, uh, a new wave of dream matches as you, if you could say. Um, so hopefully yeah. it all works out for everybody. Um, there's also, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we did plug, you know, even though we're plugging, you know, we're, we're we have Zello pro at the end of this episode. There's also mad Knicks and my violet tendencies, uh, who have recently had Effie on this week. Yeah. I was supposed to fire that up today while I was working and I did not get a chance to, but I'm definitely going to fire that up. He also, I, I think sure he has that on YouTube. Up. Uh, also, but I was, I started listening to it on, on my, uh, $38 trip to the dollar store and, you know, okay. it's, it's pretty entertaining. Effie is one of a kind for sure. Uh, so I want to shout out Mad Nicks and my violent tendencies. Go check that out. I want to send positive vibes towards, uh, Carlos Gali. Um, okay. you know, he, you know, he's been, uh, in the hospital. He, he was, uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I did not know that. Okay. Along with Blair Onyx. So, you know, Blair Onyx is an independent wrestler. We had her on the podcast before. We had her on with, you know, in a in a big episode with uh, Elena Black as well, along with Missa Kate. So, you know, yep. if you can go and support her however you can, whether that's, you know, buying a T-shirt, you know, she, she posted a bunch of links out there. You know, like just got to keep helping those, those, those who have provided, you know, some entertainment to us, whether that's been once, twice, or over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that 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 episode with Elena and Blair and Missa Kate is, I believe, our highest number of plays ever, if you don't count one episode that was posted on a website that played every time someone visited the page. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most right. amount of natural plays okay. that that occurred uh that is that i would kind of i would probably consider that our best episode ever in terms of performance um so yeah i mean that, that is one that absolutely all, all three of those people need your support deserve your support for sure so just wanted to make make sure to, that to that i had a chance to to point that out you know send them positive messages and encourage them to you know Stay strong, stay healthy, and us as a community, we gotta do our fair share and and follow the rules. Stay at home and get essentials so we can get over this. Yep. And lastly, before we jump into the interview, uh, I just want to give an update on the buffet. Bracket. That's right. We have our final four. Let's land on a positive note. Uh, I feel like we just went through a bunch of somber things. <laughs> um, final four. And on a positive note, final four. Uh, Kylie Ray versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Imagine that match in real life. Um, and yeah, a lot of love for the Kylie Ray gear at, at made by Forza Athletes, the sponsor of the Buffet Bracket 2020. And go follow them on Instagram, F U E R Z A, Forza Athletes, Athletes Forza mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Gear. Um, and then also on the other side, off the top of my head, is uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Alexa Bliss. That is correct. Uh, so, well, so yeah, two intergender matches, two intergender uh, head-to-heads um, would be a really fun mixed tag team match if it were to happen in real life uh, in another time. That's right. I had I hadn't thought about that. Both of them are intergender, huh? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, Kylie versus Rey Mysterio could actually happen one day, but. Go uh, anywhere, twoheelsandface.com, pin to our Facebook, pin to our Twitter, uh, link in the bio on Instagram. It, it takes literally like six clicks total. It's like click into the form. You click to the first page. You click uh, either Macho or Bliss or Ray or Kylie, and then you click submit. That's maybe five clicks that I just said, and you're done. So it takes two yep, seconds yep, yep. to vote. So- and uh, vote for who you think has the best wrestling gear. And so we, we we are recording on a Friday, Charlie, and this probably won't be out, you know, until Monday, maybe. Okay. So when so are we, we? Why don't we just give? Yeah. Yeah. Let's give some time then. So let's do like Monday really late. 
Um, or like Tuesday really late, even. Let's do Tuesday really late to give people enough time to go in there and vote. All right. Should we do that? So we'll close off voting on Tuesday somewhere in the PM. Yeah. And, uh, you know, get your vote in, you know, because then that, that turns into a final and, and then we'll see who's the winner of this year. Yeah. And then based on who's correct, you know, I think, I think I might be Owen. I think we might be Owen Hank some shots. Um, <laughs> Probably. Cause I, uh, my bracket is like busted. It's pistol whipped, di- dipped and flipped and it's, it's done. So I might as well just burn it. Yeah. And, uh, throw it in the trash um yeah I, I gotta go back and listen to see uh who my picks were but i i think i had mysterio where he is now uh in terms of the finalist uh i'm not sure if i if i chose mysterio as the winner but you know there, there's there's uh, there's a possibility i could also be right but most of the time i'm wrong so who knows <laughs> cool all right and, and i think that's it for us unless you had anything else but if we want to do some plugs, then we can hop right into the uh, interview with Matt Bacalling and Elena Black uh, for Zello Pro. Yeah, for sure. So before we let you guys go, um, if you want to give us a follow so you can stay in, in tune and know what's happening with the Buffet Bracket, make sure you uh, cast your vote. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Heels and a Face. That's number Two Heels and a Face. Or you can visit the website mm-hmm. TwoHeelsAndAFace.com. For Zello Pro social media, you can find Zello Pro on YouTube. Uh, it's youtube.com slash cello pro facebook facebook.com slash cello pro twitter at cello wrestling instagram at cello pro but all right man let's go listen to matt and elena black hey everybody welcome to the zello zone quarantine edition your host matt calling here once again with the one and only sources of sin elena black Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, how is quarantine life treating you? Um, I thought it wouldn't be that bad because I am kind of introverted and like to stay home. Sure. But with no wrestling and literally no anything else, I realized that like I hate it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm being told to stay inside, I do not want to stay inside. But we have to. We'll get through it. It's fine. I'm still working. Yeah. So, which is good and bad. Sure. Obviously, I need money, but right. a lot going on. Kind of scary. Yeah. No, it's, it's like one of those things where you would normally choose to be inside, but when you're told not to, it has that opposite effect. Like, I don't even have anywhere to go. I just want to get out. Yeah, literally. So how are, how are in, you know, in terms of like your, your day-to-day activities, how are those being impacted now versus what you would normally be doing on a regular basis? Well, normally like just a regular weekday, I'll go to the gym in the morning. I'll go straight from the gym to work. But then if I don't do it that way, sometimes if I don't have time in the morning, I'll go to work then to the gym. But either way, yeah. I'll do those things and then I'll go straight to training. And that's Monday through Thursday, and then Thursday, sometime Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually wrestling. So I'm usually like, I'm like busy at all times. So now I'll go to work, and then I'll try to work out the best at home workouts you can possibly do. Sure. Um, I'll just literally work, work out, and then lately I've been trying to just like keep myself busy and like take the time to like film promos. Yeah. Like I used to draw a lot, and I used to like be super into like drawing and writing which like obviously when you have like a life that's like so chaotic i never right. get like time to do that anymore so at least now it's like you can kind of like find stuff that you used to do and like used to find enjoyable but like now it just feels like force but i mean it's something it's sure things. i mean I, I think that's great and you're probably in a better position than a lot of other people are in, in terms of being able to have things both with work and and with hobbies to to find things to kind yeah. of bide your time in in a very unprecedented chaotic odd time that that there are things so it i I guess that that's kind of something that that i'm intrigued to know a little bit more about is you know we'll we'll, we have plenty to talk about in terms of wrestling but with with wrestling pushed aside for a second was there any obviously if you're you're kind of very autistic artistic is that something that was of interest for a long time kind of growing up is was there ever anything outside of wrestling that you were interested in doing 
honestly, I started watching wrestling when I was, like, eight. And I think before that, the only thing I ever was, like, super, I guess, interested in, like, I think it was, like, the first thing I wanted to do, like, when I grew up, it was to be a dolphin trainer. No I way! To, I used to love dolphins. I okay. Like, had everything dolphins. I mean, now I'm not, I mean, I kind of, like, know more about zoos and stuff like that, so kind of, sure. like, not really all about that anymore, but... At the time, I used to love dolphins, and I used to, like, go to the zoo and, like, just, like, want to go to the dolphin show all the time because I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, but then that only lasted, like, a short while, and then, like, as soon as I saw wrestling, like, that was it for me. So, That's awesome. like, I said, forget about the dolphins. I want to be a wrestler. That's hilarious. Um, so, have you ever been dolphins, like, swimming with dolphins before? Oh, well, I haven't. I would love to do that, but yeah. then again, I'm like, oh, the poor dolphins. Right. But, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but no, I used to, that was like my dream when I was a kid, like to swim with dolphins, but not, like one time I like volunteered at like the dolphin show and it was like the coolest day of my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Now are you, are you from Chicago originally? Yeah. Okay. So like, is it like Brookfield Zoo or like Lincoln Park Zoo are those where you went to growing up? Right on. I think we used to have like a membership at the Brookfield Zoo. Right on. Yeah. Um, And then like with like art and everything, I just like, like, for as long as I can remember, I was always like writing like stories and they were like weird stories like okay I just, like, most like bizarre stuff and just like draw like stuff to go with like these crazy stories so I think that's also like why I kind of like gravitated towards wrestling because I just always have loved like storytelling so yeah. it's, like this is literally just like a crazy story I would write but like on tv right it goes right hand in hand yeah, and and yeah. I think that probably helps for you both with with de- development of like your persona and and being able to tell stories in the ring, like having that natural interest in storytelling outside of this crazy world of professional wrestling, like being able to hone that and apply it here probably yeah. puts you in in a different category and and maybe at a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's still literally wrestling is the hardest thing in the world, and like trying to come up with like stuff that hasn't been done or like right. new like, new ideas and all stuff is super difficult to do. But I think like just like naturally having like a storytelling like instinct if yeah. I guess. I don't know, just like it's like to be able to like create your own character is like fun for me. So that's it's, awesome. It's and it, and it, I, I, that makes a lot of sense because it, it comes through yeah. in, in what you're presenting out there for anyone who's seen you work and have seen you in the ring. Uh, that you're especially being as young as you are and in, you know, in the, in the first year or so of, of you working, like that is one thing that has always been prevalent is you have a persona, you have a gimmick and whether, whether you've had that, you know, leading up to the time that you debuted or not, it, it really didn't matter because it was there from, from day one, which I think a lot of people struggle with sometimes, especially breaking into the business it's is hard. that, is that they, they do all the training and physically they are there and, and they can put on a match and, and potentially tell a story. But in terms of their, their gimmick and their persona it sometimes comes second and being able to cut promos and things like that. So to be able to have that from, from the start and something that you're passionate about, even oh, yeah. just as much as the wrestling component is, is huge. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, it's still, like, the hardest thing in the world, but it's, like, yeah. I think, like, lately I've just been looking at it as, like, well, like, what would I want to see in, like, the story? Or, like, right. to kind of try to, like, look at it that way. Or, like, it's literally, like I said, like, the wrestling is, like, like a, just, like, one big movie, a book, like, all this stuff. Like, no everything. doubt. Just like just create like what you would want to watch. So I think right. That's what I've tried to focus on. Lately. And that's huge. And and that's that's super important, especially when it comes to resonating with fans, because people love entertainment, but they love plot lines, and you need to have something that's going to draw them in. And as much as athletic high spot wrestling does that you it only you know it has a diminishing effect where at some point you're going to need something more than that to keep people interested and entertained and that's where the story element comes in which is important which i'm 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 glad that that's something that you certainly have really taken seriously and and put in a lot of your work which is evident thank you yeah i love watching like some of my, like my favorite matches, my favorite people to watch are like the crazy flippy, like like just like out of this world of like type matches. That's not something I can physically, I think, ever do. Sure. Which like I can love to watch it, and like part of me wishes like maybe I could do that stuff, but it's like because I can't, like I try to focus on like other stuff that is also I think is like cool. Like yeah, I just like. Yeah, every, everyone has like their own little like little niche. Right, and you so. know your strengths, and you yeah. play up to it, and, and I think that's super important too. So, did you have the Elena Black persona and character in mind going into your your debuts in wrestling a couple of years ago, or however long it, it's been now since you've started? Um, I think little bits and pieces. Um, I don't think I think I definitely when I would think about what 
I wanted to be as a wrestler, I definitely did picture at least some part of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But like, you, I, th- I think like my second match ever was at Zelda. It was the four way. Oh, like, that's in Milwaukee. That's right. Yeah, you could tell. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Like my look, everything was like completely different than what it is now. And sure. that was only like a year and a half ago. So it's right. like I definitely did like have a vision in mind, but I feel like it never. Like, even now, it still hasn't, like, come to fully be everything, like, I wanted sure. to be. But, it's like, I definitely did always have that in mind. And I just try to, like, pick up stuff here and there to keep, like, building it. But and how, how much like, of the character I wanted to be. And how much of that character would you say is reflective of, of you as a person just in, in normal life? Like, is, uh, is, is this you kind of turned up to 10? Or, or are these different pieces of your interest or your, or your stories that you may have put together previously kind of come to life? I feel like it's definitely... A, a piece of me and also a piece of stuff that I, that is not me, but I love. Yeah. So it's the, like, I think the uh, first time I ever even kind of thought of this gimmick was that I wanted to learn tarot card reading. Yeah. And that was like on my own, like completely separate, like not even involved in wrestling. And cause I always kind of thought that stuff was interesting. And For I sure. feel like I've always kind of just been like the, like the weird, like goth girl. So yeah. like, I just like kind of was like, well, I have that. And then like, I started like doing the tarot card thing and I was like, I don't know of anyone that like has like tarot cards, like in their gimmick. It's like, so unique. If, if there's not, if there is, I did it. I do not know about it, but, sure. uh, I, and that's like, even if there is like, even if there does like some people, even if some people do like kind of use that. It's like, so, like I said earlier, it's so hard to find something that literally nobody does, but if you can find something that's like, rare yeah um i think that's cool so yeah i was like why would i not just like do this for wrestling and i think i like thought of like a promo because i was going to be like managing bryce at the time okay and i thought of like a promo with the tarot cards and i was like well this is cool so why don't i just like make this my whole thing yeah like the tarot card thing was just like me wanting to like have fun on my own for sure and then um i was like yeah i'll just use this so that's definitely like a piece of me and then like the weird thing is, like, I, like, hate, like, scary movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, death is, like, one of, like, my biggest fears in life. Okay. So, in general. Like, it, like, freaks me out. Like, sure. Like, top of my list, like, biggest fears in life. And so I think I just tried to, like, take my fears and, like, just embrace them. Something, like, something good. Yeah. Like, something, like, I'm passionate about and care about. That's, like, I have, like, a tattoo. It's, like, a, like, skull with a think you promise of like a human hand okay it's kind of like life and death and it's like i'm so scared of death so like just tattoo it on me yeah like, and I have like the power over it for so sure awesome. that's awesome and that's cool to know like that knowing that that backstory and kind of where that all comes from and, and it makes a lot of sense seeing it because like, you can see all those things coming through and it makes it super unique especially to you so i mean you know kudos to you for for being able to put all those things together have, have you perfected your your tarot card reading skills Definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it seems like it would be like so simple, but it's like the hardest thing in the world. Like once I think like I know it's like there's 20 other meanings to something. It's like you, like I have the horrible memory. So like sometimes I can't even like remember. I'm like, what did this mean again? I feel like go in my book. Right. No, there's like so many like elements to it. I'm still learning every day. I think it's cool. And are you, are you primarily self-taught or have you had someone who has kind of shown you how to do it? No, I just bought a book one day and then came with like a set of tarot cards just like a basic set so i started just like trying to practice that and i would look up youtube videos and like read articles so no one's ever taught me i should probably like have someone be like show me how to actually like do it to, like, yeah stuff, i'm, I'm sure there's some some physical resource out there because yeah. it's i mean it's super intriguing we uh we went to salem massachusetts for the first time last november and like uh, like very much headquarters of, of a lot of you know that kind of vibe and and spirituality and and uh we found a couple shops that had tarot card readers and it's just like the ability whether or not you believe in it it's hard to deny that there is something to it because the ability to just tell you certain things about either your past or your future or your your present sense uh it's it's kind of mind-boggling because it's 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 really it's there yeah i remember like i showed my friends like when i was first starting to kind of do it i like but it was like, I had like a group of like four friends. I was like, just come over. Let me do this. And they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, it's going to change your life. Yeah. 
handed down. I made them do it. They're like, wow, that was like really cool. That's awesome. Like, now, had you had your, your cards read for you prior to your interest in it? No, I literally never have. Interesting. I think it's like, and even to this point, never? No. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to do it for myself sometimes. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like it'd definitely be more of an experience if I had somebody else do it. For sure. Then, I just like saw a YouTube video of it, and I was like, "This is cool, so I'm gonna do it." That's but awesome. Still haven't yet to have my own cards read. Right on, right. I'd be, I'd be very curious to see what what your future holds in terms of yeah, uh, totally. what the cards say for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let I want to talk about a couple other things. So I, we talked about your your debut, um, you know. So that it's only a year and a half ago, so still relatively new. And and we've obviously seen you progress and and have a ton of success in the last year and a half, which has been awesome because it's it's been such an upward trajectory. Um, what what was your training process like? Because we you know you you mentioned Jesus Bryce. We know you trained with with Bryce Benjamin, and he's notorious for having these long periods of training time before he deems you ready to to debut and and kudos to him because most of his trainees who do get a chance to debut are are more than ready and usually take off like a rocket like we've seen with you like we've seen with Pat and a lot of other people um how long of a training process was it from the time you started to the time that you debuted and and what was that experience like for you I think it was about two years almost like to exact pretty much almost two years um when I like originally started I was still in school in high school yeah because I started I was like about to turn 16 oh wow yeah and my I couldn't drive obviously sure the old training building now it's like the Freelance Academy but you know it used to be at like the Galley Arena right and that was like 45 minutes from my house okay and like they would run training late because at the time we didn't have like now we have like set like times for training, but before we used to just like go till whatever. It was just, so like, chaotic. So we could be out of there, and uh, I like couldn't drive, and it was so far from my house, like to for like someone to drop me off and go pick me back up. So like my mom would literally like stay with me from like wow. whatever time we would get there at seven, and sometimes we wouldn't end till like two a.m. and like it's she crazy. would just stay with me. So I'm thankful for that. But uh, so is it fair to say that you had support? From from your your mom and yeah. time and certainly in in terms of pursuit of this as a, a very serious hobby or career, absolutely. That's I awesome. they definitely. I think like once you put me in the wrestling world, like there was no taking me out of it. So yeah. they were just like as supportive as possible. And then it's like um, I was still in school, so there was no way I was going to be getting home at three a.m. have to wake up for school at six a.m. like try to do this. So they were super helpful in the sense of like letting me leaves public school and I like did the rest online oh that's awesome yeah so I ended up graduating like two years early oh wow so I I could finish so I could uh, continue on with training and like just have everything out of the way yeah like no distractions that's literally all I wanted to do like I didn't care about like the friend I had like bad friends in school so I was like I don't care about that I don't care about anything so and then um the training it was a long time and there were so many days I would just get so frustrated because I just like I'm a slow learner in general. Okay. Like feeling like like they were the like the I had there was like the little family like we had there. Yeah. Like, everyone was always so supportive and like there was never any nobody ever made me feel bad for like if I didn't understand something or whatever, it was just, like I would get so down on myself. It's like everyone else can do this and why is it taking me so long? It took me like sure. two years to learn how to do an arm drag. Okay. <laughs> the slowest <laughs> learner in the world and I get so frustrated. But there was literally so many nights that like I would just, like, go out to my car, and Bryce would come out and, like, see me, like, crying. I'm like, I'm never going to be a wrestler. And he'd be like, shut up. And, like, <laughs> the amount of times, like, they've all just, like, seen me, like, cry like a little baby because I, like, just wanted to have my first match. And I just sure. felt like it was taking so long. But, like, I'm grateful for the process now, but. That's awesome. It was it, It's stressful. And, but, it, I mean, it, it obviously, there's a method to the badness. Yeah. And and the training style is, is very unique, but very thorough and very diligent. And the the type of of product and students that that Bryce is able to to put out there is uh, is certainly admirable. And and we've seen it on on more than one occasion. So, what was your first match? My first match, it was like a six six people. I think it was. I like forget because it was just like just like a it's all a blur. I like. Yeah, it was, I was, like, so happy afterwards, like, cried afterwards, but, no, it was me and Pariah against Bryce and Warbear. Was this, like, was this a Kaiju? Yeah, it was a Kaiju. Okay, right on. 
literally, it was my first match. I, like, was a baby face, and I, like, turned heel at the end and then joined them. Got so it. So, it was that's an interesting first match, but it was a lot of fun. Like I said, I cried after. I had all my family there. That's awesome. It was only, like, 20 minutes from my house. So yeah. I, like, invited everybody. Like, my best friend from Canada came. Oh, wow. And she, so, so she got to see, like, my first match ever, and, like, I didn't even think that was going to be my first match. I didn't even know until, like, an hour before. I was only supposed to be, like, have, like, one spot in, like, the crowd so, like, to lead up to. Sure. That. That's how it goes. Yeah, there ended up being, like, a cancellation, and then they're like, you want to wrestle tonight? And I was like, uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> an hour before, but it worked out good because my friend was there and, like, all my family was there, so. That's huge. And you and so yeah. you you've gone from that point and your your second match, which is your first match with Zello Pro, working against Jordan Grace and Laney and Shotzi, and then fast forward throughout the year, you've you've worked on on Impact's taping, you've had uh, involvement with Evolve and being an extra for for NXT. T- tell me about that. How did that come about working with Evolve and NXT, and what was that experience like? Honestly, it's one of like the best experiences of my life. Um, I had always seen the Evolve stuff and, like, always wanted to be a part of it, but I I think you have to be 18 to do it anyways. And gotcha. so, like, I, I think when I had just turned 18 when I had my first match, so I was never able to do, like, any of the seminars before that. And then I was just like, I'm going to save all my money because they're kind of expensive. So yes. I was like, I'm right. going to save my money and uh, do this thing and uh, did the seminar. It was great. Um, we did practice matches and stuff. And then I didn't think I, I didn't think anything happened from it, which was fine. Sure. I didn't expect it to, because um, I had a good time. I learned a lot. The show was great. Uh, the seminar was great. Um, and then like the people got picked to do the show, and then I was like, oh, like I didn't get picked. It's fine. But I ended up like managing um, one of the people who got picked on that show. That okay. Night. So, like, I didn't wrestle, but I still got to be a part of it. Yeah. So cool. That's some good exposure. Yeah, and I thought like. I thought that was it. Like, I thought I was just going to be a manager. So, like, I'm happy with this. Like, it was so much fun. Like, I I think I posted about it for, like, the next week. I was, like, so excited. Of course. I always, like, wanted to do that. And then I think I got an email, like, a few weeks later from Gabe, and he just asked, like, if I was available to go to Orlando and do extra work. Wow. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Of course. Hands down. (laughs) And I think it was, like, I only had, like, two weeks notice. But luckily I had opened a savings account because I was – I started saving for – this week, so yeah. saving for WrestleMania right. week, so I opened a savings account, and I had already saved some money for it, literally I saved a year in advance, and then here we are, I'm not even okay. there, but um, luckily it came in handy, because I had some extra money, so I just used that to fly to Orlando, get a hotel, so there for like two, I think I went an extra day, spent the day in Orlando, and then the next day did extra work, and um, they didn't end up like needing anything, so okay. it was kind of just, it was like me and a few other people, I think I was the only girl there. Right on. Um, but we didn't get to do anything, but just, like, being able to see how everything operates. And it was my first time. So, yeah. like, being able to see, like, just, like, that was, like, my dream as a kid. Just of to be course. able to go, like, backstage. Right. And so, like, I was, like, even if I don't get to do anything tonight, this is the coolest it's thing in the it. world. Like, I literally, like, dreamt about this moment. Just, like, being here. Yeah. And, like, just, like, seeing them, like, put their matches together and, like, just, like, see how they, like... It's very much, like, the same on a higher level, but sure. just, like, the way they all put their matches together and something like that's very... I'm just, like, interested in, like, how they do it. Absolutely. Like, it's very, very much different than how I do, because they just, like... like They think about, like, the little things that, like, I don't. Right. because, like, years of experience, but, just, like, being able to watch them... Um, yeah. Um, they have, like, the little, like auditorium room for yeah. the shows going on and so like everyone who's not in the show goes and sits in there and watches it gotcha just being able to like be in there with everybody and watch the show and like hear all their reactions and like their what they think about stuff and like all this just different stuff it was really like, the coolest day of my life that's amazing that's yeah, and huge then, like indy had just gotten signed was she there so, while you were there yeah yeah that's awesome so i got lunch with her the day before and then got to hang out with her uh at the show but, nice that's yeah. awesome. What a cool experience. Now, have you have you done anything with them since that point, or was that the last time that you, you did any extra work? I did it there, and then I did the four days. Oh, when, when Survivor, Survivor Series was in Chicago? Yeah. Nice. 
And was that, was that similar for you in terms of the experience and, and kind of being there? It was better in a lot of ways, Yeah, but they were both amazing days, but being able to spend like four days there and it was four different shows because it was like right. down, uh, take over the pay-per-view and the raw. Right. So getting to see what a what a, a weekend run is like, essentially in person, yeah. yeah. And, um, I ended up doing like they needed like a plant in the crowd in case like I think like Adam Cole did like a table spot and they didn't want the table piece to fly into the okay. crowd, so they had to be there. So you you were you were the the protector of the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so we did that and then did the conga line on Monday. Right on. But like the other two days, it was nothing. But it was still like it was so cool, and like being able to like watch the show and just like again, just like seeing how people how things are run and just like like this is like obviously where I would like to be eventually. Of course. So just being able to like see that and like be around people who have all this experience and like people like I've grown up watching, just like seeing them, just like like I think I was like at one point like watching the pay per view with Randy Orton sitting next to me. Unreal. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, re- and that's is real life. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I've always just been like the biggest wrestling fan. So like, yeah. I still am. Like, I hope I never lose that. Yeah, it's important. I think it's important to keep that. And and I think we know a lot of backstories from a lot of people who are in WWE and AEW. Where I mean, for the, like, I feel you have to start there if yeah. you're ever going to make it and and be invested and passionate about the industry. You have to be a fan first, no doubt about yeah. it. And, and it's I good to keep people, that. Like, yeah, I hate when people like like make fun of you for like still being a fan. It's like Silly. if I was fan like I, I i should be a fan like i wouldn't be here if i wasn't absolutely and i mean that goes for for any sport or or entertainment industry like if you are an actor no one no one's going to make fun of you for liking movies and tv shows yeah. or for watching baseball if you're a baseball player like you have to yeah. be passionate and live and breathe it especially if it's going to become your livelihood it, it, yeah. it's just it goes hand in hand so i i always think that's silly when when people give wrestlers a hard time for for being yeah. fans of the business that they're trying to to invest their entire lives in. Yeah. And like, I've only been in, been working shows for like a year and a half. And there's times where like, I obviously like don't get as excited about stuff as I would have Sure, as a fan. Like I get like sad when that happens. I'm like, no, like I want to be excited about this. And like, I just, I never want to like lose that piece of me. So for sure. And I I think that that's, that's a great goal to have because it's important, especially being able to tie that as a, as a fan and also knowing what fans are interested in and and would want to see. Yeah. add that to your background with storytelling and interest in storytelling and your ability to wrestle. Like there, there's a lot of things going right. Yeah. And I just feel like, um, that's also like a source of like motivation. So like if I'm ever like not motivated, just think about like, well, like eight year old me would have thought this was the coolest thing in the world. So you better get excited about it. Absolutely. Like, I like spent my life like waiting for these things. So. For sure. And so, I mean, it, bummer that we're experiencing all this nonsense right now, but this, by the time that we were posting this would have been WrestleMania weekend. You, you had bookings in Tampa for, for WrestleMania weekend, I did. which is, I mean, which is also pretty impressive given that this, we're talking about having been working for a year, year and a half into it. And you're, you're, you're working WrestleMania weekend, which is a lifetime goal for a lot of people. Yeah. I was so excited. I was supposed to leave. I was supposed to be, get there today at like 6am. I just like wanted to get there as early as possible. Of course, why not? I, I had nothing to do today. I didn't have anything until tomorrow morning, but I'm like, I just want to be there. <laughs> like, of just course. Like, feel the energy of WrestleMania. Unreal. And I, and so it's, it's crazy. And like, by the time we'll post this too, you know, we've, our, our next Zello pro show has been rescheduled. Um, and so on, on that booking for you essentially was you and Blair Onyx working against uh, the MK twins who are uh, part of Samoan dynasty, Rikishi's trainees. Um, which I, I was really excited to see one for you and, and Blair to team together and two to have uh, Ashley and Steph come in and debut, especially with Rikishi coming back um, to, you know, it, it's, it's been evident on, on social media and just kind of knowing you guys personally that you and, and Blair are, are pretty close and, and yeah. uh, both outside of wrestling and, and in wrestling. How did that relationship come to be? Um, I think it was like, we have only been friends for like a year, which is crazy because I feel like I've known her for like my entire life. Yeah. But I think we wrestled. Oh yeah, we were we had a singles together at Berwyn Championship, and it was on three sixteen of last year. Okay. Was, like a week before that, we because we would do like the Sunday like conditioning trainings with Quinn. Yeah. It would only ever be like a, like a little group of us, but oh, we invited her. I think Lainey invited her. 
I ever met her. And I'm sure you know about Quinn Days. Yes. They're oh, yes. Infamous for being intense. Yeah. And I've done a lot of them, and I knew it was her first time, and I didn't even know her. And I was like, does this girl know what she's getting herself into? And uh, But she was so nice, and she had messaged me, like, I think, like, a week before. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited to work with you, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, she's so nice. Um, and we ended up being partners for the Quinn day. Right on. <laughs> so I just, like, bonded over that. Like, <laughs> just naturally. Life or death situation. Right. <laughs> but, um, but that's how, like, the first time I met her. And then we had the match. And just, like, the whole day, we got along, like, so well. I've never, like, gotten along with – I've never met somebody so much, like, like me, like, I can, like, get along with. Yeah. In such a, like, cool way. And, like, I, like, have had, like – close friends but I've always wanted like like a best friend in wrestling you know like you see like people like all the time like the infamous like Lita and Trish and right. like literally like all the other pairs of like pro wrestling like best friends it's like a certain type of like friendship I feel like normal friends can never like understand like sure. as much as I love like my outside of wrestling best friends it's like I just want like a wrestling best friend right and then like she came along and literally like I didn't even have to like we just like we're like drawn like to each other just like there was no like not being friends after we became friends. that's awesome and, and, and like your personas mesh very well and similar so like even outside of, of just personal relationship your your gimmicks work well together and as a tag team and, and your sisters of destruction i i think kind of go well hand in hand and and i don't know have you guys worked together as a team in a lot of other places before we did i think once or twice at scw which is her like home promotion yeah in Iowa, and then we have, like, a few times at Galley, but other than that, I don't think we have, and, like, the Sisters of Destruction thing started off as, like, a joke. Right, right. <laughs> like, it's so funny now, but... It just has know, a life of its own at this point. Yeah, like, it was just, like, us, like, making our stupid jokes that we make, and just, like, I think, like, one day, I forget what we were saying, like, we should be a tag team, and what should we call ourselves? And I was like, how about Sisters of Destruction? And it was, like, just, like, a joke, yeah. and then, like, I think we were actually tagging at SCW one day, and Merrick Brave, he's the promoter there, and he asked, like, I think someone asked, like, what we wanted to be called, and I was like, we said Sisters of Destruction as a joke. Like, we didn't think they were actually going to call us that. And then we're, like, walk, we're literally walking to the ring, and we hear, hear Merrick on the microphone, and he's like, the Sisters of Destruction, and I'm like, I was trying so hard not to laugh, and I looked at her, and I could see that she was trying so hard not to laugh. And then, like, we had, like, this full entrance, and then, like, she like fell and like we just messed it up and like it was like oh the man thing. like now we just like created this and then we got like matching tattoos for it so no like, way like now yeah oh man it's it's my official forever now. yeah you're, you're bonded forever <laughs> that's hilarious why well, i'm certainly hopeful that we get past all of this craziness and we can get to see you guys work together both both in the zello pro ring and and elsewhere uh, as well, just in general, being able to get back into the ring and, and start working events again, um, yeah. you know, and, but in, until that point, uh, how can people support you, follow along with you, kind of see what you're doing, you know, obviously on, on social media, um, but other ways that they can support you both financially and, and as a fan? Uh, I have a Patreon. The link is in my I think Instagram and uh, Twitter bio. I'll post like, just like exclusive photos. Sure. I'll post like first look stuff. So like anything I'm posting on social media eventually i'll post there first i post like my meals my workouts like songs that i listen to um i'll post my calendar for events which right now completely empty. <laughs> um, <laughs> my march one was pretty big and then we had to forget about that um yeah i just post like pretty much like a lot of exclusive stuff that you won't see on my other social medias and then um i had t-shirts i ran out but that's a good thing soon uh, yeah, so I'll be posting that on my Instagram, and then, like, I have 8x10s and stuff. Usually people just message me. They say they want a certain 8x10, or, like, I'll I'll print that out, or I'll just get, like, a set. Um, yeah, I have Patreon. I have 8x10s. I'm going to be having shirts soon. Awesome. And then I'm going to start – I have a YouTube channel, but I don't really, like, post on there, but I would like to start vlogging as soon as I get a camera. It's just, like, to see, like, you know, like, the inside parts of, like, my life that like, sure. I don't really post anywhere else, but – yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's great and, and gives people a good reason. Obviously, if, if you've watched this interview, 
there, there's a lot to you and, and you have great stories to tell and, and have a very interesting personality even outside the wrestling world. So I think there would certainly be a, a demand for that for sure. Thank you. Yeah, because I always think about like, I love like, like growing up, like seeing like my favorite wrestlers, like not be the wrestler. Just, yeah. Like, see, like live their normal life. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So like, I'm sure someone enjoys that. So, no doubt about it. Like, I enjoy, like, doing that, like, doing these types of things, so it's, like, and then people tell, have been telling me and Blair a lot lately that, like, we should just, like, like, our personalities, like, together, and everything is, like, so, so like, like, over the top, so just, like, put more of that, like, into the world. Absolutely, so. especially now when, when we're doing nothing but consuming yeah. content, if, if you were gonna do it, do it, and it, and it would certainly be worth the watch and, and entertaining, especially when you guys are just interacting as yourselves and are able yeah. to put off that type of chemistry and, and entertainment when you don't have the access to do it in front of a live yeah. crowd, there's no better opportunity than now. Literally, and the me and her would, like, we, like, make skits and film them. Then, of just course. Just to make ourselves laugh. Yeah. But why are we not, and then we'll just, like, delete them. It's like, why are we not, like, posting this? Like, Gotta capitalize on like, it. Taking something we do for fun and just, like, putting it out. Like, I'm sure someone will think it was funny. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you've you've heard it here. Keep yeah. an eye out for the Elena Black and, and Blair Onyx YouTube yeah. channel and vlogs and everything yeah. upcoming because it's it's going to be nothing short of entertaining. And every, obviously, anybody who wants to see any of your previous work, uh, obviously, at Zello Pro, all of your matches are uploaded already on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, watching this video is certainly one way to support you and, and being able to share that out and, and let more people get familiar with you and discover you and, and kind of find your work that way. Um, but uh, but I know I'm certainly interested to see everything that you have coming up because it's been such a, a fun ride so far and you have a very bright future. And I know that once we get things back uh, to as normal as normal can be, uh, there will be there'll be plenty more to see for sure. Go. Yes, we're all, we're, we'll be ready. We're all gearing up. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for chatting yeah, thanks with so me. Much. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we will get to see you again soon, live and in person when all this is said and done with. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Thank awesome. you so much. Have a good one. Take care. You too. Bye.